This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a fraudulent Charizard Pokemon card being purchased. And we're also going to talk about getting leads. Enjoy. Welcome to the age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I am the founder and CEO of Q Consolidated Limited. We focus on investing and creating businesses in media and entertainment, finance, investing, and insurance, education and e-learning, art, music, and the humanities, earth and human sustainability and advancements, and earth and space exploration and transportation. Our current businesses include 3T Warrior Academy, Q Financial, Age of Radio, and Merlin, just to name a few. You can find me on all socials at Age of Jeremy, except on X, it's at Age of Jeremy Q. And on Facebook, it is Cesar Jeremy Quintanilla. There are links in the episode description. If you are new to this podcast, this is all about the trials and tribulations that I go through to build my business empire. And I hope you pick up some wisdom along the way. Some of that wisdom can be seen on the Age of Jeremy YouTube channel. So make sure that you head on over there to subscribe. Also, there should be a link somewhere in the episode description, probably through my link tree. I also have guests that share their trials and tribulations, becoming content creators, and the adventures they have gone through to become entrepreneurs right here on this podcast. And maybe one day we'll do that on the YouTube as well. If you want to see Coach CJV's financial blueprint, there is a link to my link. There is a link to my link tree in the episode description. It's a warrior's guide to financial freedom, absolutely free. Please also join my Q Consolidated channel in my Age of Jeremy Instagram account. I provide extra insight on the things that I have going on in business and in my life. Hopefully, you will find some wisdom in it. In it. it is free to join, absolutely free. You will never have to pay for anything. You just get to listen to me give you advice, I guess. Um, and hopefully you take some of that advice or you can reach back out to me on Snapchat or DM me and tell me that you hate my advice and you don't care about it. And I would be more than happy to hear that because I love hearing from people. 
Also, make sure to check out ageofradio.com to see all of the amazing podcasts. We have two new ones that came out, OK Boomer and Killer Lashes. OK Boomer goes through the golden age and silver age of comic books, and Killer Lashes talks about women that murder. I don't know how else to say that, but I did do a really cool uh, interview last week. It'll be out in a couple weeks with the host of that show. And I'm really happy with the way that turned out because Tatiana is funny and Red is funny. And I'm so glad that I got to meet her as well. They are both two amazing people. And with that, let's go into our amazing news article. Cars, crypto, and a horse named Cinda inside America seized asset auctions. Again, I get these articles from Bloomberg's Business Week. You have to have a subscription to read it, but the um, links to the articles are in the episode description. So every year, the U.S. Marshal Service seizes tens of millions of dollars worth of fun collectibles and fast rides from criminals and then lets the general public do some bidding. So Bloomberg's Business Week's sleuthing revealed some intriguing sales. And this is by Michael Tobin and Amanda Chin. Um, illustrations, if you look at the article, are by Melanie Lambrick. We want to give credit where credit is due. The U.S. Marshal Service is the enforcement arm of the federal courts, in addition to protecting judges, tracking down fugitives, and running the witness protection program, among other duties. The USMS managed criminal assets seized in connection with crimes. This is property used to commit an offense or acquired by a wrongdoer during the act. To get rid of the seized assets, the U.S. MS contracts with auction houses such as Gaston and Sheehan auctioneers and national liquidators auctions that include luxury watches, rare wines, artwork, gold coins, and jewelry jewelry are mostly online. Some for say car collections are held in person in a 12 month period beginning on October 1st, 2021. The agency sold more than 14,000 items that were linked to crimes such as money laundering, wire fraud, and drug dealing. The proceeds go to victims and other claimants as well as state and local law enforcement. The amount paid to victims and claimants in the span totaling about $506 million, though some of that payout is from sales from previous fiscal years. So if we look at this, how much the marshals have sold, Back in 2018, they sold 12.3 million. In 2019, it went up to 22.5 million. 2020 was 21 million. 2021 went up to 83.7 million in seized assets. And in 2022, we had 80.6 million. And we're going to talk a little bit more about 2022 here in a minute. Auction data isn't readily aggregated for the public, but through the Freedom of Information Act, Bloomberg's Business Week requested five fiscal years worth of sales just because we were curious to explore the the findings. The data set we received listed more than 25,000 items up for auction, the most recent from September 22, and we filtered the results to include only those that will Bloomberg filter. Bloomberg filtered the results to include only those that fetched 5,000 or more. The data doesn't indicate who won the auctions. What it does show, in addition to the USMS coming into a bounty of cryptocurrency, which is the reason why I'm bringing up the startle, because you know we're in a cryptocurrency, um, is that the agency's auctions are an end point for schemes big and small from the 1MDB scandal, which involved the plundering of $4.5 billion from Malaysia's sovereign wealth fund, U.S. prosecutors say, to people using ill-gotten gains to buy houseboats. Here's not here's a not totally comprehensive look at some. Okay. So then it goes into showing some of the, like what kind of happened inside some of these, um, sales. And so it goes through 2018, but I want to point out 2022 because I think 2022 had some fun stuff. So 2022, this is what they sold. There was a Charizard 
Charizard Pokemon card that they sold for $43,000. In the early days of the pandemic, a Georgia man, I'm not going to say his name, fraudulently obtained $85,000 in COVID-19 relief funds and used 57,789 of that to purchase this card. According to federal prosecutors, he pled guilty to one count of wire fraud and was sentenced to 36 months in prison. So he got three, what is that? Three years. He got three years in prison for getting 85,000 in COVID relief funds when he wasn't entitled to receive them. All right. So here's some other ones. Two Boston Whaler Outrage Motorboats. Outrage Motorboats? So this went for 815,000. These were part of a 26.7 million forfeiture order related to the case of Christopher. I'm not going to say their names. So disregard that I said Christopher. He was a co-defendant with another gentleman, a Long Island lawyer who represented lottery winners and defrauded them by securing investments in risky businesses that he had a secret ownership stake in, prosecutors said. So essentially, they represented lottery winners. They defrauded these lottery winners. They took their winnings and invested them in companies that they own, and they took it. They were sent. One was sentenced to five years. The other gentleman was sentenced to 13 years. All right, so Tether tether is a cryptocurrency it was $143,000 in tether although the cryptocurrency is pegged one-to-one with the used dollar the buyer got a small discount it does not say anything else about this forfeiture i guess all right let's go over to a i'm going to say this bad because i don't i'm not a watch collector richard millet felipe massa black phantom watch 269,000, the most expensive timepiece auctioned in the data that bloomberg received and then last but not least bitcoin 39.5 million the government couldn't have timed the crypto part market more perfectly. The Bitcoin were sold on November 19, 2021, when the sprout price was hovering at about $58,000. As of this article writing, the price is 36500 I think we're sitting at around 32000 for Bitcoin at this exact moment. This was written on November 13th. So there you have it. Someone got 680.6 Bitcoin. They sold it for 395 million dollars or they at least have it and it was worth 39.5 million dollars i think they yeah they sold it on november 19th when the spot price was hovering at about fifty eight thousand dollars and again thirty six thousand five hundred so they made out of a pretty pretty uh penny when they sold this and this was all the stuff for 2022 i believe yeah so 80.6 million in sales oh i guess so those were the sales that i read earlier my bad folks my bad let's see here yeah, that's how much they have sold. So they so they made 12.3 million in 2018 and in 2022 they sold 80.6 million it looks like. That is crazy. Crazy crazy. So, I guess the two things that you can learn from this one, it is very it pays off to be a criminal, I guess, unless you get caught and then it doesn't pay off and it pays off for the government. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, welcome back. All right, so let's talk about um leads. So leads is a crucial aspect of any business especially for new businesses. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I'm doing because we, well, some things I'm doing, some things that I want to be doing when it comes to leads because leads is like the heartbeat of any business. And I feel that there are things that we do good, things that I do poorly, things that I need to do better at when it comes to leads. And I just want to share some of that with you. And and especially because leads are on top of my mind because we've gone into selling the insurance. I've trying to up that insurance selling inside of Q Financial along with other investment products that we're working on. So we're going to need a lot of leads for that. 
And then also to getting better at managing and getting someone to sell ad leads, which I keep talking about. Um, but don't worry, I'm getting my shit together, um, as we would normally say it in the 3T Warrior Academy. Um, and so when we look at this, I want to talk a little bit about the crucial aspect of lead generation. And so my I think that the best way for anybody, and this could be against other people's opinions, but this is my opinion, is through social media. I think Gary Vaynerchuk has some of the best ideas and best ways to gain leads. And a lot of that comes through obtaining emails and access points to different people through social media. Because all of the people on your social media, you can send them and show them and talk to them about anything and generate lots of leads that way. And so you have to have really good content that's valuable for people on social media platforms that they want to keep coming back to you, listening to you over and over again. And as you build that trust with them, it's easier than to provide a lead magnet, which I'll talk about in a second, that gets them to give you information that then you can go and speak to them in different, different avenues, say through email or through text messaging, through phone, to then get them to buy in on more things that you're selling. So when we're looking at social media, most think people think that you have to have the right platform. And that's true. Different social media platforms firms have different audiences and different features. Um, but I believe that you should be on all of those social media platforms as best as you possibly can, creating content for those people, even if that content is repurposed, because sometimes people aren't on Instagram and maybe they're on Facebook or maybe they're on LinkedIn and they're not on TikTok and you want to get that information to them. But again, if we look at LinkedIn, it might be more business to businesses or networking and connecting with other professionals. So there might be some different avenues that you go there, but repurposing that content or getting content specifically for different things inside of as many social media platforms as possible is super, super important. I forgot how many pieces of content Gary Vaynerchuk said that you need to put out a day. I think it's like three on each platform. So it's like 15 pieces of content a day is what needs to be going out and you will start getting really, really good, I guess, I guess, traction. And so when I look at where I'm posting, I post on TikTok at least once a day. I try to post on Instagram once a day, back and forth between videos and images, stories, LinkedIn, Lemon8, I do as much as I possibly can. Facebook, I do as much as I possibly can. Threads and um, uh, Twitter. And so now I think that you should niche and you should do something like that. I don't do that because I'm trying to just sell my atmosphere and my world so that you can come and hang out with me and learn all the cool business stuff that I'm learning, all the cool things that I'm learning. And I just like sharing that with the world. So does that take a lot longer? Yes. Do I have good engagement? Some platforms I have okay engagement. I need, you know, work on that engagement, which we can talk about on a completely different episode at a different time. Um, on how to do that. But when you do have social media, you want to engage with that audience. So you want to respond to comments. That's super, super important. So I try to respond to every single comment that comes at me. And you want to go and engage with similar audiences and build trust and connection. And it's not just enough to say, I want to do this to make money. You have to like it. That was one of the biggest things that was different for me. I used to only do the stuff on social media because I knew that I was supposed to be doing it to grow my business. Once I got rid of that, that idea and just focused on building really strong relationships and connections with the people that are on social media, that whole dynamic has changed. And it also allows me to sell to them and offer them services, offer them other things that are going on. But it's because I spent so much time engaging and creating value and continue to engage and create value. So, you know, one of the things besides just commenting on messages promptly that come to me, you know, making video messages when you can back to people and then going and engaging on other, you know, 
tags. So like I try to do the gaming tag, podcast tag, you know, cryptocurrency tag. I don't get to do it as much as I would like, but I try to set time to go in, go to other people's profiles, add my two cents, add really good value to the things that they're talking about. And then hopefully that will get them to engage back with me. And whether or not we follow each other, if we start a communicate, hopefully we follow, we'll follow each other, but we start creating really good relationships and then that's easier. Um, and so the other thing that you can do on social media is run contests and giveaways. We, I'm trying to start doing that in my addicted to podcasting Facebook group more. The more that you do contests and giveaways or things to get people to do something or give you that information, then you can start creating leads from it. Because at the end of the day, you want people to go from social media and you want to get their phone number, their first and last name, and their email address. And a lot of that happens with engagement, valuable content, running contests and giveaways, or producing lead magnets. So at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about JV's financial guide. So when you go and do that, you give us information, you get emailed the guide, and then you get to download it. And then we get to have that information to go and then contact you about other stuff as we bring more and more stuff out to the public public. And that's essentially how it works. Um, the other thing that you need to do with social media, especially when you're generating leads is to make sure that you're tracking the results of not only the leads that you're getting from it, but then also how your social media is going, which is something that I just started doing. So I have an Excel spreadsheet that I put in all of the main metrics that I talked about a few podcast episodes before, um, where I talked about, you know, that you should have like, um, uh, your, um, what's the word, your, your, where you go, dang it viral. There's a viral rate that you can get. I track that on a regular weekly basis across TikTok and Instagram to make sure that, okay, did I put out good content this week that has more of a virality rate? Because then that's how you can grow bigger and bigger audiences and have access to get people to do a lead magnet. And if you don't know what lead magnet is, like I said, it's that it's like the freedom financial guide, but you can do it for all kinds of things. Contests and giveaways work really, really good for that. Surveys work really, really good for that. Hey, you know, come give, give us a survey. They'll give you an email email. You'll give them some money. He'll put them into a raffle. They'll give you information from the survey. You'll get their contact information. You can put them on lead list and then you can go back to them. So out of all of the things that I think that you should be focusing your attention on is social media and social media, hands down. The second thing that you need to focus on is some type of newsletter. Now that newsletter, you can go through LinkedIn. You can have a LinkedIn newsletter like Gary Vaynerchuk has his LinkedIn 360 or, and, or you can have another newsletter that goes out because as you're building that social media content, that newsletter becomes a lead magnet. Tell people to sign up for my newsletter. They give you that information or they subscribe to your newsletter in LinkedIn. And then you can start sending them other stuff out through that newsletter. Um, so that's, those are the two most important things in my opinion that you should hone in and hone in and focus hard on and get a good traction on those things. And then there are some other things that you can do. So one of the best things that you can do as you're building your business is ask for referrals. So as I go and I talk to my nieces and nephews and cousins about insurance and the people that I do bookkeeping with, then I say, Hey, is there any other business that you know or anybody that you know that would be interested in learning how to protect their wealth. Because if you do index universal life insurance, and this is for you too, if you want to learn how to protect your wealth, there's a link in my link tree that can get you over to set up time to sit with one of our wealth protection consultants, and they can talk to you about the benefits of index universal life insurance, where you have life insurance, you have a cash value, that cash value is tied to an index, and that will grow over time. And it has a stop essentially so that you can't lose your um, money as the market goes down. So if you're interested in that, hit me up, 
either on DM, go to the, the episode description, put in the information, get the get into the wealth protection. And two, if you want to make extra money, that's also an option for you as well, where you could learn more about life insurance, use it for yourself, and then sell it to other people as well. So as you're doing that, right, as you get more and more people, start asking for referrals. Happy customers are often happy to give referrals. They And then reach out to your satisfied customers and ask them to refer you to friends and or family. Um, the other thing is, is nurturing relationships. So when you start getting people in, it takes a lot of time to build good relationships. And if the more energy that you put into building good relationships with your customers, with your family, with your friends, with whoever, those people will continuously come back to you. There is a fantastic book. It's a little outdated. Never eat alone. It is one of the best business books on how to make connections and build relationships. Any relationship management book that you can get, go and read that. I think there's one that's called All for One is a fantastic one. I forgot who wrote it. Just type in All for One relationship management book and you will find it. And and one of the ways that you nurture those relationships is contact them regularly, set up dinner dates with them, set up Zoom calls, go to networking events together, build those relationships and those will be long lasting customers and those will be the customers that will be happy to refer you to their friends and family. The other way to build really, really good leads is by... Um, using the internet to highlight your expertise. So this goes back to two things. One, engaging in social media, or maybe three things, engaging in social media. So when you're going and talking on people's accounts on social media, talk to them, give them the advice, give advice. When you do your social media, you will start to look like you have an expertise in some area and people will come to you for that. And those can become really, really good leads for you. The other option is going and doing it through, say, a newsletter. So if you go through and do it through a newsletter, you have a newsletter, you have all of your leads in it, you start pushing stuff out because it will show that you are a expert in a field and then that will build authority and then those people will continuously come to you and buy. You can also do this through a website, through a blog, something where you are building authority. A great place to do it is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn wants you to do that on LinkedIn. So go to LinkedIn, start talking about the things that you're good at, share your expertise, and then they have their LinkedIn articles that you can comment on, show your expertise in that, and you can get like a special badge. I forgot what it's called that says that you are like a knower in that specific industry. But again, you have to put in work. If you, the more, the more that you put in, the more you're going to get out. So you got to put it in. Then the other thing that you could do is be part of groups and network online, Facebook groups, discord, go in there, show your expertise again, build strong relationships and people will start to follow you and build leads. So join online communities and forums related to the industries that you want to be known for. This part you do niche in a little bit. This will help you connect with potential customers and establish yourself as an expert in your field. So right now, after this, hopefully you're taking notes, go and start joining some Facebook groups, set up a plan and start commenting and communicating and engaging in those groups to build your expertise. And then the last one that I want to mention is just do some good old fashioned networking. That's one of the things that I'm working on, trying to get into the Glendale Chamber of Commerce, trying to get in there to talk with people, mingle with people, go and uh, volunteer with people. You can build really, really great connections through that, but then you have to have a plan in place for follow-up. So as you get these leads and as you're built, as you get customers, as you get the leads, you need to nurture them essentially. So you need to nurture them through your newsletters, through your social 
through your blog. Even if you get these people in good old fashioned networking by going to a networking event or to the chambers of commerce or something along those lines, make sure that you get them into your digital presence. Make sure that you get them to follow you. Make sure that you get them on your newsletter, whatever the case is, so that you can nurture them and build strong relationships. Again, you have to get really good at building building relationships and follow-up. That's why something like HubSpot works really good to get all of your leads in. Make sure that you are, you know, have tasks in place where you reach out to them so often to see how they're doing. Maybe set up a lunch date with them. It is very, di- I'm not going to lie, it's very difficult to build strong relationships, sending email, uh, Christmas cards, sending letters, sending Thanksgiving cards, sending Easter cards, knowing about their kids' birthdays, sending presents. All of the things that you would do with your family, you know, to some extent, not everything that you do with your family, but to some extent, you need to do with these leads as you get them into your ecosystem. It takes time, but if you spend five or 10 years getting really, really good at this, I know you're like, fuck, five or 10 years, Jeremy, that's a long time. It's not a long time because if you started five years ago, you'd be five years away and you'd probably be kicking ass right now anyway. And then you can just get better and better and better and better at it over time. So to kind of recap, social media is the first place to start. Start getting a a, a plan in place for your social media. Okay. That's the first one. Make sure that you get a newsletter in place, either a LinkedIn newsletter or a non-LinkedIn newsletter that you do outside of LinkedIn or both. Okay. That's what I'm working on and trying to do as well. Um, Make sure that you ask your current customers for referrals, your friends and family referrals. Okay. And as you start getting those leads in, you need to spend time nurturing them, building strong relationships. Okay. Then you need to start working on your authority, your expertise, the information that you get out to them to show them your expertise, showing your expertise online at LinkedIn, on social media, and so forth. Start joining Facebook communities. You should put a goal in right now to join a Facebook community in your industry right after we're done or a LinkedIn group. One of those two things, as soon as you're done listening to this, go and do that. Start interacting. Start building a plan to engage and build relationships in that way. And then get out into your community mingle and mingle with people, shake hands, kiss babies, get addresses, get names, get them on your social, start building strong relationships. It takes time and energy, but it will be worth it in the end. These are all of the things that I'm doing. I would not recommend that you do anything that I don't try to do myself. And I am working on this as much as I can. And as I get more and more insights, I will bring them to you here and on my social media. So follow me everywhere at age of Jeremy. And like I always say, remember, Be thankful, grateful, and kind. We'll talk with you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Age of Jeremy. If you liked this episode, make sure that you hit that like. Make sure that you hit that subscribe. Make sure that you share it with as many people as possible. That would be amazing. The first song that you heard at the beginning was Spanish Love Songs. What was the name of it? Brave Faces, everyone. The closing song was Threatening Each Other. Recapitalism by Illuminati Hotties. I use Neumann mics. The Zoom LA to record in. I record to Cubase and I use Waves plugins. And one last time, as always, remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. And we'll talk with you next time. Bye.